have a couple members missing today and musicians and things, but aren't you glad that music just adds to our worship? Amen. Uh, and so we have to learn how to worship, and we're very grateful for musicians and the worship leaders, but we have to learn how to worship him for ourselves, and then just add to what we bring to the Lord. And so we're so grateful. We just didn't miss a beat today. We entered into the presence of the Lord, and now we're here. We may as well receive from the Lord. Amen? Praise God. And so we have been talking about the blessed life and how that the living a blessed life before the Lord uh, is, is a joy and an honor. It's more than just finances. People get caught up on material things and money, and that's not what it's all about. We're in this season of Thanksgiving, and we just want to, uh, this uh, last two weeks and today, just press in on the importance of us just being thankful for what the Lord has done for us in our lives. Amen? Hey, how we doing? Praise God. Good to see you today. Amen. It, God has been good to us, and uh, we need to be expressive about that. Uh, whenever the employer gives us a bonus, we say thank you, <laughs> if he gives us one, amen. Whenever people bless us, we reciprocate that thanksgiving and gratitude, and we need to let people know that God has been good to us, amen, and let the world know that our source is not of this world, but we have a source that is greater than that, amen, and it is the Lord. Today I want to go into Matthew, and I want, I'm going to have several scriptures. If you have your uh, things with you, uh, I, smartphone or iPad or whatever, you can go to U version and you can um, go along with me. The sermon notes are available there, and uh, you can go there as well. But I'm going to be sharing several scriptures today because. Really, when it comes down to it, it's not what I think or what you think. It's about what the Word of God says. Amen? And so we're going to share that word on today. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1, it says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with that judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He tells us here, Judge not, and you'll not be judged with the same measure that you use, with the same measure that you use. Uh, it's going to come back to you. And then in Luke chapter 6, we have this same reading in Luke chapter 6 and verse 37, but in between there is, is sandwiched together something else. And it says in verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Notice this. This is what Dr. Luke adds to this. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will put into your bosom for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen? Giving is a heart issue. And Jesus says when you give, you're going to get more back than what you give. He said that when you give, it's going to come back to you, good measure, pressed down, 
shaken together and running over. These are farmer terms that the Jews understood and were familiar with. There were two type of workers that were in the field. Workers, uh, the first one was workers that were gleaning and they were in the middle of the field and they were working together and perhaps uh, being there all day long, they would uh, put some of the uh, food or the rice or the corn or the whatever it was that they were gathering in their basket and go and empty it on several occasions throughout the day so that they would not have to drag this heavy bag around with them. But then there was the poor people that were gleaning in the corners of the field. And God had had them to leave the corners of the field on purpose for those who were less fortunate. And then he uh, begins to, to tell us here that, I, I, well, he doesn't tell us this. It's what I look at and see. I believe that those who were the workers probably went and emptied their basket on a regular occasion because they didn't want to carry that heaviness around. But these who were gleaning in the corner of the field, they knew that what they got that day was all they were going to get. They didn't go and empty it and then come back again. This was what they would receive for today. And so I believe that this is where we get this understanding that not only when we are gleaning in the field, but do they just say, well, that's enough. But I can see them pressing it down. I can see them shaking it together. And yet they fill it to overflowing, right? Because they knew that this is all that I'm going to receive for today. And then he begins to talk to us about the law of sowing and reaping. He tells us that you're going to get more back than what you give. If you plant an apple seed, you don't uh, get or expect to get back an apple, right? When you plant an apple seed, you receive a tree. And that tree produces hundreds of apples that have many seeds within it. And so therefore, each one of them have many seeds. And as long as you take care of that tree, there is going to produce a harvest, not just uh, once a time, but on multiple occasions throughout all of your life, it will continue to come back into your life. The law of sowing and reaping is also that we receive more than what we give. Now, this context of this passage, it's talking about judgment. He is saying, if you judge, then judgment will come to you in a greater form. He says that if a person condemns, then you're going to receive a greater condemnation. It's going to come back. But here, that is the negative side of it. But here is the positive side of it. If you sow forgiveness, then forgiveness is going to come back in a greater measure than what you dealt it out. Amen. If you show love, it's going to come back to you in a greater measure than you sent it out. If you show compassion and grace, whatever you sow, it's going to put that same measure. It's going to come back, but it's going to come back, pressed down, shaken together and running over in your life. Amen. Now, note with me, the root word for forgive is give. The key to forgiveness is to give. The word for for here means to be in favor of. Are you for it or are you against it, right? So 
forgive means to be in favor of giving. Be in favor of giving grace. Be in favor of giving mercy. Be in favor or for giving kindness. And what this all boils down to, he is talking about the issue of the heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse number 7, it says, If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, which... uh, Within any of the gates of your land, which the Lord your God gives, giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut up your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and widely lend him sufficient for his need, whatever his need. Amen. Now, I want to ask us a question this morning. How can I become a giver like God is a giver? How can I become the giver that God is? And I want to give you four areas that we must deal with. First of all, I must deal with a selfish heart. I must deal with a selfish heart. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse uh, number 9 tells us, Beware, lest there be wicked thought. In your heart. Notice the thought will come, right? But don't let it stay there. Saying the seven year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your brother, your poor brother, and you are giving him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Selfishness produces sin in your life. Now, Let's look at the context of this scripture because it was referring to the year of Jubilee, right? Every seven years, uh, the debt would be canceled. Don't you wish they would put that back in force? (laughs) Amen. I thought I'd get an amen right there. And he says, if your brother is in need and comes to you on the seventh year, and the thought comes in your mind, There's only six months left, and if he don't pay this back in six months, I've got to cancel the debt. He said, don't let that thought, don't let that thought hinder you from being a blessing to someone that is in need. He says, if you do, that that thought becomes evil, and then you begin to produce selfishness in your heart. God says it uh, will come in your mind but don't let it get in your heart, right? Why did God invent giving in the first place? Why did he invent giving? Because he was running a little short in heaven and said, you know what? As I said the other week, we're paving the gold, the streets up here with some gold and we're running a little short. We need, if you want your street paved, then you need to send a little extra. I mean, no, there's no lack in heaven. Amen. God has it all. He owned the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. There is no lack in heaven. Satan came up with stealing and taking, but God came up with giving. God did not invent giving for his sake, but God invented giving for our sake. Amen. Because giving deals with selfishness and greed in our lives. The most joyful, happy people are those who learn how to give. 
much of the preaching on giving doesn't help us deal with the selfishness and greed, it causes us to be more selfish and more greedy. Because people are, you know, auctioning off the gospel. If you give a thousand dollars, we got hundred dollar lines and five hundred dollar lines and thousand dollar lines. And can I hear two thousand? Can I hear five thousand? And the reality of it is, is it's a, not about all of that. Because as I said the other day, if you're, you can give all of that, but if your heart isn't right, amen, then that's not going to mean anything. Yes, I believe in seed time and harvest. Yes, I believe in sowing and reaping. But I do not believe in, in taking the gospel and auctioning it off and saying, if you'll do this for self-gain. Because you see, there are some that are for profit. Amen. For profit. And I've been to a lot of those things. And so you have to guard and protect your heart not to become selfish and greedy, but that we give for the right reason. Amen. And we uh, encourage people to give for the right reasons. Because in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, he will cause men to give into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will measure back to you. Amen. But you see, we are, God gives us this principle of giving because we are not born givers, we're born getters. Amen. I mean, no, you don't have to teach a, a child how to take. You have to teach a child how to give. Is it not true? Uh, you know, whenever you got, if you don't, if you don't know that, just have another baby. Amen. Because <laughs> whenever you have two children in the house, you always have one of them taking something that belongs to another. And there comes a time whenever you aren't concerned any longer about justice, you're concerned about the peace in the house. And you say, just give them the thing. But daddy, it's, it's not theirs, it's mine, just give it to them. Sorry, that just come out. Amen. But we're getters. We, we mine, you know, and then you give them that. And then they turn around and, and the older one usually and the younger one's taking and, and then the older one goes and plays with something else and then the little one comes and says, mine, mine, I want to play with that too. Ain't got no parents up in here. Amen. Why? Because we're born with the nature of getting. But we're, we have to be learn how to be givers. We must renew our mind to give. Amen. We have learned to, sh we have to learn to share because we are born to this nature of taking and we must renew our mind to give like God gives. Now, I, I want you just to pray for me because there's one area that I struggle with in yet in giving and that is in my food. Thank you, my brother. I don't share my food with nobody. 
read my lips. No one, not even my wife. We can go somewhere, and she says, I'm not real hungry. I'll just eat a bite or two of yours. And I say, you're going to eat. You better get you something because you ain't getting it off of this plate. I'll buy you two of them, but don't be touching mine. Bless God. Amen. Kids go through the drive through at McDonald's, and then they eat all their fries, and then slipping up there trying to, ah, the devil is, oh. No, no, just pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> because all of us are like that at some area of our life, if we admit it or not. Amen? It just doesn't work for us because we are born to get. Now, I may not have trouble reaching over and getting some of Jordan's French fries, but I don't want him getting up in mine. Amen? Now, you see, thank you, my brother. Appreciate the help. I've got one honest man here. <laughs> Amen. But we have to come to the understanding that it is an issue of the heart, that we know how to take, but we have to learn how to give. Then the second area that we have to deal with, we have to deal with a grieving heart. I can understand you person grieving over the loss of a loved one, but over money. But it is true. In Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 5, he said, you sh shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to. Notice he said, surely when you give to him, your heart should not grieve. Amen. God is saying, if you can get your heart to change, I'll bless everything that you do. I'll bless your finances. I'll bless your kids. I'll bless your marriage. I'll bless your health. If you get your heart right then he says, I'm going to bless you. But you see, selfishness attacks us before we give. And we say, that's mine, and I don't want to let go of it. But then after we make the choice to give, then grief attacks us. And after we give, this grief comes and says, when we hear this voice that says, you shouldn't have gave that much. You're going to need that later. And then after we give, and we give a significant amount, whatever we feel in our hearts to give, and, and we give that amount, is, has anybody else found it true that when the Lord challenges us to give just a little extra, that the next, that same week something breaks down? The washing machine goes out, car trouble, and here comes that voice, if you had that money back. Told you you shouldn't have gave that. Grief sets in. And we begin to grieve over that which we have given. Amen? But because when you give generously, that's when everything begins to break down in your life. And you begin to understand 
that this money couldn't have fixed it anyways. Because it's not about the money. It's about an issue that is in my heart that I am not going to be selfish any longer. When you give generously, that's when everything will fall apart in your life. But we, it is that opportunity that we learn how to trust God for real. Amen. You see, but if you don't have those times, how will you ever believe God that he is your everything? That he will supply your need. Renee and I had, uh, had to deal with an issue in our finances in, uh, recently that has been an ongoing thing for uh, a few months now. And it wasn't anything that we'd done wrong. How many know life just happens? Things happen. And, and during that time, I, I, I didn't regret. I didn't get bitter. I didn't get upset. I just reminded God of his promise in my life. That you said, if I would bring the first, the tithe, and I would be a giver, that you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. And you said you would protect the fruit of my ground. Amen. And, and then as I would pray that and just confess the word of God over my life, then I'd just let it go until the next time I would need to pray. And I would pray it again. And I would just confess that before the Lord. And you know what he did? He did just what he said he would do. Amen. He rebuked the devourer. He protected uh, our fruit. Amen. And we see the, the, the fruit of that now in our lives. And, and so he does just what he said he would do. Amen. How many can testify today God is faithful? Amen. I was just thinking, you know, you have random thoughts sometimes. And I was just thinking that after uh, service here today that, um, you know, I'm going to be going out and eating with the family. And it just uh, dawned on me that uh, I don't have no cash. Hey, God bless you, Brother Jenner. 40, 60, 80, glory to God. We're going to Outback. <laughs> Amen. Now, let me, let me tell you, you know why Jimmy didn't have a problem giving me this and he was so quick to give it to me? Because I gave it to him before service. You see him smiling. He don't have no grief about giving me 80 bucks. You know why? Because it didn't belong to him in the first place. It's mine. When we think that this is mine, then I become grievous when I give my tithe, when I bring my offering. But whenever I understand it all belongs to God, I bring it with a joyful heart and I say, God, I want to thank you that I can bring a tithe. I want to thank you that not only can I bring a tithe, but I have an offering to give today because there's been times in my life when I didn't have an offering to give. And I tell you, it's a greater joy to give than it is to receive. And so I want us to understand today that it all belongs to God. And then the third thing is this, we must develop a generous heart. 
Develop a generous heart. If we're going to be like God and give like God, we have to develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 14. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. From that you, the Lord has blessed you with, and you shall give to him. It all comes from God. I said it all comes from God. And then in Luke chapter 6 and verse 30, it said, Give to everyone who asks you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Amen. We know that we're to be good stewards, but he is saying, don't allow that greed to come into your life, but learn how to be generous, right? And God is kind, and he, to the unthankful, he is kind to the evil, but he is talking it says here, he is kind to the, the unthankful. He is unkind to the evil. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about you and he's talking about me. Because we were unkind and we have been unthankful. God sent his son while we were unthankful, while we were yet sinners, amen, not knowing if we would accept him or not. I've heard that people said, and I understand where they're coming from, that said that God would have sent his son Jesus if he would have only come for one person. I understand what they're saying, but I submit to you, he would have sent his son Jesus if no one would have ever accepted him. Why? Because he loved mankind that much. And with our unthankfulness and our, our sin and trespasses that we were in, God gave generously. He didn't give number two. He didn't give number five. He gave his only begotten son. Amen. And he did that to an unthankful people. He gave that to a, 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 a sinful people. Amen. But God gave because he is a generous giver. Amen. I've heard some people say this. How many have heard this? They say that it's become kind of a cliche, but that you cannot outgive God. Now, while that is true, I, I, I want to say this today. We think in terms of if I give a little extra, that God will up the ante and I won't be able to outgive him. But I submit to you that if he did nothing else but what he has already done, we can never outgive God. He has already supplied everything that we will ever need. Amen. He sent his son to die upon the cross for unthankful, sinful people that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. He sent him so that he could be the hope of the world, the savior of mankind. He has sent him so that he can be not only savior, but also Lord of our lives. He is a generous giver today. Can I give somebody to give him praise this morning? And the fourth and the last thing is we have to develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. This is the week of Thanksgiving. To be grateful, not just in our, our words, but in our actions. How many know Christmas is on the way? And more than Santa Claus is coming to town. But 
we have an attitudes that come as well. Amen. We have people that come uh, in this time of, of Christmas and this time of the season of life. Uh, it also brings about some scrooges, right? It brings about uh, some people that will be uh, uh, in the uh, place of, of uh, the store and place of businesses that won't be so jolly. But what a time for the church. What a time for the body of Christ just to be able to show forth love, to show forth God's goodness, to be grateful and remember we weren't so jolly. We haven't always been happy. And yet he loved us enough that he died upon the cross so that we can be grateful and thankful for what he has done for us. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 5, it says this, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeems you. Therefore, I command you this, uh, this thing today. Amen. This thing today. What thing? This thing of having a grateful heart. He said, I want you to remember what God has done for you. How that you were in slavery and in bondage to sin. And how that he sent his son. Oh, hallelujah. To bring you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You see, God don't take you out of something and leave you an orphan. But he brings you out of something because he has something better to take you into. Amen. And he has brought us out of slavery and sin. And he has brought us into the blessing and the favor of the Father. Amen. He has brought us out of greed and brokenness. And he has brought us into the joy and the blessing of Father God. And I rejoice today to know, amen, that I am not so far removed, amen, from the day that God came to where I was, sent his son and put a hope in my heart that I don't have to just live for today, but that he gives me a joy to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, that he has given me this joy to understand that today he has caused me to prosper and be blessed. I'm not waiting for the pie in the sky, but because I live according to his principles, he blesses me in my coming in and my going out. He blesses me in my basket. He blesses me in the storehouse. Everything that my hands touch, he prospers it and is blessed because I live according to his principles. And I want to have a grateful heart because I understand today everything that I have, I have it because God has blessed me with it. It's not because I'm a great preacher. It's not because I'm all of that, but it's because of the goodness of God. It's because of the mercy of the Lord. It's because of his goodness in my life, praise God, that while I was a sinner, he sent his son to die upon a cross that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And I am grateful for that this morning. Oh, come on and give him praise, somebody. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. 
I remember a song, the songwriter sung a long time ago through the sunshine and rain and even the sorrow and the pain. He is still my comfort and guide. And no matter what I'm going through, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Amen. And I'm telling you today, we are blessed and we must be grateful for it. Hallelujah. Slap your neighbor a high five and tell him, have a grateful heart. Glory to God. A person here in the church uh, told me a, a testimony a few months ago, a couple of months ago, we was sharing and fellowshipping, and, and they told me, they said uh, they were uh, without a job. And they told, told me there, they said I was down to my last $100, if I remember correctly, in the bank, and I didn't have a job. But they said, you know what? I have a peace that I've never had before because they said I've learned how to write my tithe check before I give anything else. Now, that's one thing to say whenever you got a job and whenever things going good and got a little bit of money stashed away. But when you're down to your last hundred bucks, you don't have a job. That's another thing to say. But aren't you glad you can have confidence not in this church, not in the pastor. Yes, we have confidence. I hope you, you have confidence in me. I hope you have confidence. But it's not about what I am saying. It's about the principles of God. And the peace of God comes and says, yeah, it's a difficult time. But guess what? I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. And the end of that story is this, that that individual received a job. Amen. God is providing on a regular basis. Oh, you'd praise him better if that was you. Amen. <clears throat> I've asked a couple of people that I know that God has blessed them here uh, in the, just the last little bit to come and to share a testimony. Is that all right? Because I believe we ought to give thanks to the Lord, right? Amen. I'm going to ask first our birthday boy, Darren, to come. All right. Can we give God a... Good God bless you for Brother Darren as he comes today. I would sing happy birthday to him, but I think my voice is about shot. So, happy birthday. All right. God bless you. He and Laura, we come to this church about a, about a year ago. And, um, we, you know, it, it wasn't something we really even talked about. We both knew we were searching for something. We were searching for a home, not just a place we lived, but a place that we could we could live spiritually and feel comfortable and stuff like that. And the first time we walked in these doors, everybody here welcomed us. It was like we knew you guys forever. It made us feel so good. And, of course, we kept coming back, and we kept coming back. And... Um, there's some things that most of you probably didn't know about me and Laura. Um, when we both started going to this church, you know, we, we neither one of us had a job. Um, we were we were searching out for what we wanted to do. Um, during the time of going to this, you know, going to the church and stuff, you know, we we loved the church. You know, we we loved the, what the pastor said, and we were we were so comfortable. 
and I don't know, it's like all those things you're supposed to feel. You know, all those things you're supposed to feel coming into our heart. And, and we we did. We, we laid it on the line. We gave it all to God. And He has blessed us so much, both in our personal life. We both have jobs that were at a job that she absolutely loved. She's got one of the best bosses in the world, I'll tell you. And um, I recently, I, I, I try, worked on this one particular job, and I've been working on it for two months, and I prayed as much as anybody could pray for anything. Um, and I was blessed with it. Monday, I was given a call. I went for a, a short meeting, and I was blessed with a job that I couldn't be more thankful for. But, you know, thank you. The, what I'm trying to say is, you know, Pastor is up here and he tells you about, about you know, giving, putting your life in, in the Lord's hands. And, and, you know, he will do the right thing for whatever the way it will be. And, you know, personally, I, I hear it and I know that it's true. But until until you've actually, I mean, I experienced it so much in the last year. I mean, it. All I can say is that we're so thankful. We're so thankful for this church. We're so thankful for you guys. You guys are a family. We're so thankful for Pastor. And more than anything else, we're thankful for Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise today. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I mean, no jobs are hard to come by, especially here in West Virginia. But thank God he's taking care of his children. Amen. Praise God. Brother Ralph's going to come and share a moment. Amen. Just testify of God's goodness. Happy birthday, Darren. How many of you guys know that God definitely answers prayers? And, and, and before I say what I'm going to say, I want to thank you for, you know, preaching this. And I, I know that this is a very difficult thing to stand up here and preach when it comes to finances because, you know, people have a tendency to think, um, you know, there, here's a preacher and, you know, he's he's asking for money. And, and the reason I <laughs> that I say that is because I have been one of those people. I have... You know, in a previous life, you know, I have judged preachers and, and pastors. And I was just telling my front frontline team this this morning. I'm not proud of that, you know, proud of that. But um, it's very hard as a pastor to, you know, to, to stand up here. But he is in charge of this church and he is in charge of, you know, our souls. And we, you know, when we place that confidence in him and as a responsibility, you know, he has to teach us that just as he would teach us how to pray and he would teach us, 
you know, and the reason that this is such an important subject is because this is how God tests us, okay? This is how, you know, we put our money where our mouth is. And if we are not 100% subservient to God, then he can't bless us. And the biggest way that we are tested on that is through our finances, through our, you know, through our financial gain. And, you know, I, I say that to you because, and I said, you know, how many of you know that God answers prayers? And so, you know, there was one specific time to when, you know, I was really just praying and I was saying, God, I want to know you more. I want you to, you know, answer my prayers. I want you to, I want to hear your voice and I want to know that it's you. And so, you know, one Sunday I was, I was in the back and I was writing out my, you know, writing out my tithes, my check. And God says, okay, you want to, you want to know me? You want to hear my voice? You need to write that for more. And I'm like, and I was like, Lord, is that really you? Are you sure? No, that can't. Now, how many of you know when the Lord tells you, hey, you know, Ralph. And so I have a, you know, I have a number that I'm supposed to hit, uh, you know, an objective, a monthly objective. And so, you know, I write that check out, I, I give it, and, you know, I'm thinking at the time I'm writing it out, Lord, I don't, I don't make that much, and I've got things that, you know, bills I need to pay, and, you know, just like the rest of you. <clears throat> but I wrote it out, and I left it here, and I put it in God's hands. And so as I fired up the laptop Monday morning, phone started ringing, and before the day was over, my monthly number was already hit, and it was the first week of the month, okay? And so, that's God. So, don't let the enemy steal from you, because he will. He definitely will. I love you guys. I love this church, and I appreciate you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I just wanted you to hear from some folks, amen, not just from me, but from folks that I know the testimony and shared with me 
how God has blessed them here in this house. Amen. And uh, Jeremy, if you could come and just uh, play a little something for me. God demands us to be gracious and generous on the basis that I remember I didn't own it anyways. It all belonged to him. And he brought me out of slavery. He brought me out of bondage. Amen. And the greatest gift, I told my prayer partners this morning before we came out here, you know, the greatest gift that we give, if we get caught up on temporal things only, we miss the whole message. The greatest gift that you can give is your life to the Lord. Amen. And when you give your life to the Lord, you give him, as as Brother Ralph said, everything. God, it all belongs to you, and you allow me to be a steward of it, and I want to thank you for that. Amen. It, It... brings us to an understanding that he paid the ransom that I could not pay. I would still be in slavery of sin and bondage today if God had not paid the ransom for me to be free. Amen. If he would have not done that, I would have still been lost today. There would have been, I would have been without hope. I would have never known which way to go in my life. Do you remember that day? when you realized that it was him that brought you out of darkness and into his marvelous light? Do you remember that day when you didn't know which way to go or what to do, and yet he came to where you were, and the joy that came, the heaviness that lifted, the peace in your heart, even though the circumstances around you may have not changed, the peace came to your heart knowing that God was in control, of your life. Amen. I want to ask you today, are you still thankful for that? Are you still thankful? One of the reasons that I give today is because somebody gave so I could hear the gospel. If someone had not have given, my life would have not been changed. And now I want to give so that others can hear the gospel and their lives too will be changed. Amen. I don't give to get, but the law of sowing and reaping says that if I give, I will receive more than I have given. Amen. I want to make this challenge to you today. This is the month of Thanksgiving. Next month is the month of Christmas. And I I don't want you to do it compulsively. I want you to pray about it, but I I want to challenge you to pray about giving a special gift to our King over this next month. While we're getting ready to give gifts to everyone else, I want to challenge you to give a gift to the King. And as you do it throughout this month, whatever that is, just uh, for each one, it'll be a different amount. If you're not don't feel to do that, then don't do it. But I want us to practice giving during this next month and let our King know that we are grateful for all He has done in our lives. Amen? Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning.